Welcome to The Pulse Experience, the podcast that takes you on a journey of wellness at the intersection of technology and human experience. I'm your host, Edward Beltran, CEO of Fierce and innovator of Pulse. You know, stress is a very large problem today. It's costing organizations $300 billion annually, not to mention the impact on our people and individuals in our companies. And often, we don't know what's causing our stress. And if we do, we don't know the proper, most impactful way to handle it. Instead, we're used to just accepting stress and managing it at a general level, such as with better diet, better sleep, exercise, or meditation. But this doesn't get underneath the root issues of our stress or eliminate them. And today, there's so much that's required of us in, at both our homes and the workplace that we don't always have the tools to be able to be self-aware and tackle these stressors. However, our bodies, they don't lie. They tell us constantly what's happening. They're responding to our environments and it's our job to listen. And when we handle these challenges and take them head on, they drive positive results in both our personal and our professional lives. Pulse is our proprietary app that integrates with wearable devices and infuses cutting edge science to be able to show you who you're with and where you're at when you're experiencing stress by the hour. Then we wrap context around these events by pulling in calendar and GPS data to be able to further drive that self-awareness and more importantly, move into action with either a live coach or the in-app AI bot to be able to tackle these stressors, drive your resilience higher, as well as the outcomes you desire in your lives. We call this biometric intelligence. Our certified coaches walk into every coaching session with the same biometric data and insights to be able to help you identify the themes that are going to have the most impact on your lives and tackle those toughest challenges. This transformation is the Pulse experience. Hello, everyone. I'm Edward Beltran, CEO of Fierce and innovator of Pulse. Thank you for joining the Pulse Experience podcast. I'm so happy and elated to have Carrie Logan back joining us. She's a master facilitator, certified Pulse coach, and just great, a fantastic person to speak with. How are we doing, Gary? Thanks. Great to see you, Ed. We have a fascinating topic today, one in which Carrie's working with her coachee who got a new manager in their department. And to say that this manager is uh, toxic is an understatement. But what's more important is the individual ownership to uh, address this. So as we've said many times before on this podcast, 95% of people think they're self-aware, but 10 to 15% really are. And the goal there in assuming that, that statistic is, how do you get people to give the feedback, right? But they might not be self-aware. So Carrie, let's dive into this a little bit more. Tell us about your coaching. Sure. So she is a director of operations at her organization, and she's been there for quite some time. So very tenured, been there 17 years, she said, and has, you know, earned the respect of her colleagues, her peers, the team members. She has, I believe she said nine direct reports. And then underneath that, 72 people that report into her. So fairly senior level, mid-level senior, you know, up middle upper level there. Um, and she recently got a new manager. And I say new manager because, and recently, because it's been a year. She's had this manager for a year and she's been experiencing a, quite a shift in the 17 years of her, her tenure at this organization. 
She's always had only a couple managers. She said, I think this is the third manager she's had in that time. And the other two have been fantastic. So this is a huge pivot for her. And in terms of how his leadership style has, has come in and changed the dynamic of the, the culture of the team. So essentially it's a bit of a, uh, old fashioned as we call it or old style of management where it's very hierarchical. He's created some types of an environment where people aren't allowed to talk cross functionally like they used to be able to. So creating a bit of silos, which, you know, we all know is, is not the, the most effective structure in an organization. Of course, we expect the expertise of different groups to bring that forward, but we need that cross pollination, if you will. So she's really struggling with the, the idea that this, this new manager who's now again been there a year is really changing the, the dynamic and the culture of, of, her own experience of the work that she loves and those around her. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so that sounds pretty stressful, right? New manager in general is a little bit tough because everyone does things a little bit differently. And um, you mentioned something, you mentioned a word that I think is very interesting, culture, right? And so there's always an organizational culture and there's always departmental cult, subcultures, right? That you would hope are not too different, right? But the reality is, is that people have subcultures. It's just the reality of the situation. And what I love about this conversation too, is that when people think about cultures, sometimes they think of it as being this abstract thing, right? There's someone said, this is the culture, but they, they don't realize that they themselves are a critical piece in the culture because at the end of the day, it's how we interact or don't interact with one another. So she has a ton of responsibility, a ton of people underneath her. So she herself is cascading or reinforcing a culture in the organization and having challenges with her manager. Okay. So Carrie, what's showing up? How is her stress manifesting? Tell me about how her day-to-days are going. Yeah. So interestingly, she is having to meet with her manager as we would regularly, right? Um, weekly, typically. And those those meetings, I think she said, were roughly an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. And she describes, and through the through the pulse data that she discovered, it wasn't a big surprise to her, but her highest scores, her threes and her fours, were coming out when she had to prepare even in anticipation of mm-hmm. her encounters, her, her meetings with him. So she was just realizing, wow, this, you know, this is really causing me a lot of stress and I'm, I'm not as impactful as I'd like to be. And I'd love to, to share a little bit from her perspective about kind of what, what were, what her feelings were, both viscerally in her body and, you know, of course, emotionally. No, I would love to hear that. And I'm sure so many people can relate to this. So that sounds great. I meet with him every week for at least an hour, if not an hour and a half to two. And my, you know, I get stomach crunchy, you know, icky feeling in my stomach. I'll get sweaty. I'll get hot, just anticipating getting into the meeting. And then usually afterwards, I'm sort of emotionally drained where then I'm not very functional for the rest of the day. (laughs) It's almost a day to sort of recover from it. So I'm hearing words, and you can correct me if these don't sound right, but like anxiety, um, tense. I don't know if that's a feeling, but it is. I feel like it is because it's like the shoulders up. Yeah. Yeah. You you can feel it in your body. Now I have to like bring my shoulders down thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking about it. Yeah. I'm starting to tense up too, right? (laughs) 
what else does I can say? Exhaustion too. The, the aftermath of it. Isolated's a good one. Frustrated. Disrespected. Resentful. Worthless. So you can hear right from her, I mean, getting even to the worthless, like that, you know, someone who's been in her business, her industry, probably longer, but at this company for 17 years, feeling those, those really unfortunate uh, emotions and, and the physical way her body reacts when she has to anticipate that meeting. And then the, the aftermath, the, the recognition that, wow, that just took everything out of me. I'm done for the rest of the day. And maybe even the next day, it just takes so much out of her and her energy is spent, consumed by this, this new dynamic. Wow, that is a lot of feelings, Carrie. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling for your coachee, and uh, I'm, I'm so interested to hear uh, what comes next. So please walk us through this. Well, right off the bat, she admitted, she said, I'm not a very good communicator. And so as a coachee, it took silence to do the heavy lifting to really get her to start to start sharing. Uh, she said, you know, when it comes to conflict or dealing with issues that come up on her team, she can handle that no problem when it comes to the people below her. But when it comes to herself and looking even just upwards in that upper power differential, she tends to, her words were, I just want to suck it up. I'm not going to address it. I'm just going to sit back and, and see what happens. And so she realized, you know, from all this emotion that we tapped into that, wow, that's, that's, not sustainable, right? Yeah. That's not a place where I want to continue to be in my work environment, nor do I want to create that for those around me. And so she recognized very quickly what was at stake, um, you know, immediately, but also long-term that she's not going to stay. She's not going to last. And that's, you know, she's somebody who has a lot of strong work ethic, of course, and, and felt that she's going to become, she used the word apathy. I'm going to get to a place where I don't care. And then that just doesn't feel very, you know, rewarding. And then, and then the team, she thought, well, if I leave, then I'm leaving all these people at the mercy of, of this situation. So she quickly recognized, you know, for herself, what was at stake, um, her own tenure, her own job at this company, which she has previously loved and all the people around that, that have looked to her to be a, a great leader. And so she, she recognized, you know, wow, I've got, I've got a, I've got to take some action here. I've got some accountability. We say at first, you know, what if it is to be, it's up to me. And she admitted that, yeah, I can handle other people's conflict. But when it comes to me, I, 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 I want to stand back and I need to, I need to step into the situation. So one of the things we talked about was the lack of feeling that she had the tools and the skills to do so. So she didn't, she didn't have the right skills and tools to be able to have this conversation. And we, tapped into initially a confrontation confrontation model um, from our from our work here and, and discussed that and we actually had her practice a, a confrontation statement. But then we backed up a bit and realized we also talk at if here's about feedback and the difference between feedback and confrontation. And she recognized, you know, I don't think my manager set out to be a dictator. That's not necessarily what was his intent. And I, I have to assume that's he doesn't have awareness. And we talked about self-awareness right in the beginning, right? He doesn't have that awareness of how he's showing up. So perhaps what we need to start with is feedback. So we talked about both of those and we prepared her for having those conversations, both starting with feedback 
and recognizing that, again, coming from a, a place of positive intent, he just may not have that awareness. And so how can she start to shape that with her immediate team? Because she's felt those silos, even with the people that report into him with her, they no longer feel they can talk to each other. They don't have the relationships they used to have. They feel they'll get in trouble if they talk to each other. So it's all becoming this higher hierarchy, hierarchical structure. And she really wanted to find, you know, an, an opportunity to how, how, how do I change this? I need to change this for myself. I need to change this for my team and recognizing the need to have this conversation. So one of the most powerful things that came out of our, of our conversation is just hearing her say, I need to have this conversation. I realize wow. now I need this conversation. Uh, so excellent, Carrie, and so important. Use the key words that we talk about, which is um, uh, what would happen if, if nothing changes, right? Um, and I find that interesting. But in this scenario, too, it's also important to say, what is the cost been? You opened up with the, the clip of your coachee in a lot of discomfort. There was a lot of emotions there. She's been enduring this for a year. And that might not seem like a long time in the realm of 17 years with the company, but it is. A year is a long time. That's 12 months. And I always think about now that I'm an older gentleman, right, Gary? <laughs> I think of my years in terms of my kids, right? And I'm like, ah, three years. But I'm like, three years, like that's significant in the lives of my kids. That's very significant in, in time and impact. So I think that's so incredible. And also, too, let's, let's be honest. It's hard and daunting and scary to manage up, especially with certain personality types, right? If it was easy, she would have done it immediately. So so the self-awareness that you help drive her toward as well as empowering her with the tools is absolutely incredible. Great job, Carrie. So I am so interested in hearing what comes next. She's empowered now for this feedback conversation. She's confident in it. She knows she has to do it on behalf of herself and her people. So what happens next? So she, again, recognizes the need to have this conversation this conversation. And she talks about her, we talk about her own contribution to where we are. What's, you know, what's, what's my hand in this? How, you know, I've been there a year, I've been handling this for a year. And so recognizing that, that she does need to speak up. Right. And so we, again, we talked about feedback and confrontation, but what we first practiced with was her confrontation statement. How let's assume that she's been given, this person has gotten this feedback before and is now going to get it across the board. So I, I asked her about how do you feel about bringing some feedback to your manager? And we talked about ways to do that. And what about if the other colleagues that report into him did the same thing? So he's hearing it from multiple angles. And so that's the approach that we, we wanted to land on and we were going to start with. I haven't yet been able to hear how it's, how it's gone, but we prepared a confrontation statement, what we call our opening statement, because feedback, we like to talk about it as being, you know, more proactive. Uh, being able to course correct along the way. We, you know, that we, we, our lives are changed gradually. We're in this gradually space and then we get to a suddenly and those suddenlies can be suddenlies to celebrate or suddenlies to complain about. And so paying attention in that gradually is, is where we value feedback, getting feedback, giving feedback, making sure people are staying on track. So recognizing that he's perhaps off track. And so, you know, feedback will be the first, the first step. Now that said, she was more wary of the confrontation. So we practiced the confrontation uh, opening statement. And that's a conversation that you don't want to just wing. You don't want to just go into. And so we have a, a, a worksheet, a couple of ways to help craft a powerful opening statement. And I'd love to, if I could share with you her, her, her 
opening statement, we can evaluate how it sounds. That would be amazing. Thank you, Carrie. Like to talk about how I feel micromanaged and not trusted to do my job. The project of reducing the number of direct reports was given to me to work on, but then you came back with a plan that you wanted implemented, even though my team and I had spent over two weeks developing our own plan as you had instructed me to do. I feel very frustrated and concerned that you did not feel that I was capable of developing a thorough plan. It is important that I feel trusted as well as the morale of my team that you trust and respect us to do our jobs. I should have expressed my concern sooner um, and I would like to work with you on how we can better work towards a collaborative environment. What was your perspective on how the project went? So a little bit of tone, we talked a little bit about the tone and how she would actually deliver that a bit differently than what you just heard. But in terms of the structure and the language, it was, she, I love how she ended it with, I'd like to talk with you, right? Not, not to you. I would like to talk with you and able to really, you know, open up the conversation to him, even though it's this confront, confront type yeah. of, of yeah. environment. Yeah, very powerful, Carrie. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And some of the things yeah. that popped out, just like you said, she said, I want to work with you on this, but also to her DNA, a term that we use, uh, is very clear. I should have had this conversation sooner with you. Very powerful. So, Carrie, fantastic work on helping your coachee with that self-awareness and the confidence and the realization that something needs to change on behalf of her, her people, and the organization. What a, what empowerment, what, what accountability. That's just absolutely amazing. So you coached her through and walked her through both the feedback model and the confront model. The feedback model, assuming that um, her manager is not self-aware, that he hasn't gotten any feedback. And the confront is what happens when no, if nothing changes? What's at stake, correct? So what's the resolution? What's happened? Where are we at right now? So she admits that she recognizes that biggest step that she can do is have a conversation with him. And so she, I'd love to share a clip with you that, that she, she gets to that point. She gets that realization of, wow, this is on my shoulders. I do have some responsibility here. I can't just wait, continue to wait and see because there's a significant impact. So let's hear a little bit more from her again about her realize, her realization. I don't necessarily think he woke up and took this job to be a dictator. I don't know. <laughs> At least I'm, you know, thinking that he may not be aware of how his behaviors are impacting everyone. So I think that would be the biggest step would be to actually have a conversation about it. I mean, talking about it helps because it's just been like kind of internalized a lot, but the the worksheet kind of putting it out there going, yeah, well, like, it's not Gives me a place to start. Like I'm not just going in there going like the dump truck, I guess. All my thoughts and feelings coming out. Yeah, you've succinctly put together in a calm way what the issue is and and put it out there in a way that's palatable, that's easy to digest and understand. It's not too much, it's not too little. So that was after we talked about her practicing the confront confrontation opening statement. And I think she felt she came into this conversation super nervous. She even used the word terrified about having this conversation, having any conversation with him about this, whether it's feedback or, or confront. 
And she was really excited to have some tools now, whether it was whichever, you know, approach, starting with feedback, moving to a confrontation, perhaps if needed, but having some tools and having the skills now to be able to go in and enter that conversation with more confidence because she really lacked the, the how. How do I have this conversation? Where do I start? How do I? She was so terrified of failing, of, of, you know, re- impacting the relationship, impacting her own future at the organization by having that's real, right? That's real for any of us. And so recognizing though that the cost of not having that conversation, what the impact of, of is of that and, and weighing those two things and realizing, no, I need to, I need to have this conversation and I'm going to start with feedback because that is less of a, a head to head, right? It's, it's really recognizing that this person may not be aware. And if realizing over time that feedback doesn't work, then absolutely it's time to have a, a confrontation statement. Again, not going head to head. And, and that's what I love about our, our models here at Fierce too. It's about really building that conversation, enriching that in enriching that relationship, excuse me, building that relationship with someone. So even if you're confronting an, an issue, you're confronting that issue, not the person. And so I think she felt really excited and I'm excited. I, I don't know what, what the outcome has been yet. I'm really excited to hear from her and find out if she's given some feedback, if she's encouraged her colleagues to give some feedback as well and where things are and to see that hopefully she's had some, some positive impact from having these, these skills now. That, that's amazing, Carrie, and great work. Um, in your clip, we heard some very powerful words that we can all relate to. We heard she used the word dump truck, right? And that's a very powerful word because that happens to many of us where we're wrapped up in an emotion, uh, the stories that we're telling ourselves, if you will. And in our mind, we're communicating something very clearly, but in the recipient, literally, you're, especially in the manager's case, it's just the dump of thoughts and feelings and what happens in many cases, incoherence, if you will, and the manager or the person's left to say, where do I start? <laughs> right? How do I start managing this in an actionable way? I get that there's some emotion. I get that there's a problem. But I love it because then you said in your response, this is a structured way in how to approach it and get to the how, right? So the end objective is this. How do I get there in the clearest way while enriching the relationship. So I think that's absolutely powerful. Great work, Carrie. And I believe you told me as well, and we heard it in the clip. She said, just having this conversation with you, her coach, right, is helpful, right? And we find that a lot. And Olivia, talk, talk, talk a little bit more about this coachee and her, her numbers, her, her stress scores, but just having a palpable path to be able to see it as, okay, I know how to do this relieves a lot of the tension and stress. Tell us a little bit more about that, Carrie. Yeah. So I think, you know, whichever approach she's she's going to use or ultimately starting with feedback, just knowing that there's there's she's so afraid of having that conversation, so fearful of having that conversation that she wasn't having it. And it had been as you mentioned earlier, it's been going on for a year. And that's a long time to be sitting in that space. So recognizing, you know, that it's it's her it's on her shoulders and it's in her best interest to, to open up that, that conversation to her manager and really be able to build the team that has been there, that will continue to be there to build, you know, his efficiency and his effectiveness as a leader as well to improve the entire organization. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot at stake here. And I think she was really recognizing that as scared as she was to, to have this conversation. And we still don't know. We still don't know what the impact is going to be and how he's going to receive it. We know people can get easily defensive and it's a natural reaction. And that may be, um, 
how he perceives it. But at the same time, we talked about how to address it with tone, how to address it with curiosity, not just go into it as a combative approach, but really recognizing, hey, what's what's going on for you? Can you help me understand? I love that phrase. Can you help me understand what's going on for you? It really makes it a conversation, a back and forth, not just a, a unidirectional challenge. And it's building the relationship. It's serving the purpose of wanting to work better together and be have built that that trust in one another. Absolutely. And um, Gary, just to reiterate, some of the powerful things in these approaches that you've said is you're confronting the issue, not the person. That's so powerful because you're, 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 you're not trying to create defensiveness. It's not a one-sided monologue. It's a conversation around what you're observing and the impact. So I want to talk about that just a little bit more before uh, uh, we break here. So even our feedback model, it's around observable behaviors. So if something as simple as, Carrie, you're very negative. Like, great. That's a statement. You can't help but be like, well, I'm, I'm negative, right? Versus, right? And this is what you're saying. You were in the meeting the other day and you used some language around the project we're working on that came off negative in tone. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Very different approach, right, Carrie? In which case you're like, oh, Okay, I do remember that. And, you know, I, I was not aware that that's how I came off in tone. I think I was really thinking about XYZ, but it's a very different approach as we see, Gary, as well as in our, in our results, as well as on in confront, confront the word itself is very daunting. Oh, I got confronted or I got confronted, right? And, but, but what we teach in our models, which is absolutely incredible is, is that the difference between, and please tell me more, I mean, you're the expert here, between feedback and confront is really going back to, we've had this conversation around the behaviors that we agreed need to change. And now we're saying, if nothing changes, here's what's at stake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's it's the longer term impact, right? We we're hoping that again, feedback, we're of course correcting in the moment. I know Susan Scott says let's let's give each other feedback 365 days a year. Whether you report to me, I report to you, no one reports to anyone. It doesn't, it's not about that. It's really about getting that information in real time to make those changes. And then over time, if those changes aren't happening or aren't happening fast enough, then we need to figure out take it a step further. But again, it's, I love that about, about confront. It's not about, about confronting the person, but confronting the issue and recognizing that this issue is getting in the way of our mutual success. So it's not just my goals. It's your goals. It's all of our goals. And if we're not tackling this together, there's a, there's a better way. And if we're not tackling this together, we're going to be unable to, to get the, achieve the things we want to achieve. Carrie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your fantastic work and continue to make impacts on your coach's life. And this is, again, just something that many people can relate to. A new manager comes in or somebody comes in and, um, you know, they're having an impact that they might not be self-aware of. And there's many tools in order to address it that we teach. And you, you laid it out here, uh, Carrie, which is feedback and confront. But the most important thing is that self-realization, that self awareness that you drove them to, which is, I do have an impact. I can influence this decision. I am taking accountability, if you will, to be able to change the trajectory of where we're going. So very powerful, very powerful. Carrie is always fantastic to have you on and we look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you for tuning into the Pulse Experience podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of wellness technology and biometric-led coaching that changes lives. If you're interested in experiencing Pulse for yourself and working with one of our expert coaches, please click the link in the description below. Until next time, thank you.